With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Play Me or Feed Me. And thank you for joining us as always. Well, some days you deserve better. Some days you deserve worse. I deserve worse on Friday night. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was an ugly card. I only lose $109.09, and I actually feel guilty about it. Lucky I didn't get to play Georgetown. That would have been another loser for me. So before we get to our mini mega card, we have four college football and four college basketball to talk about. Just want to reflect on Friday night a little bit. I was so excited to play Moorhead State. They had 13 points at halftime. Yeah, 13 points in 20 minutes of basketball. Oh, boy, that's bad. They went three of 27 from beyond the arc and shot under 30% for the game. The bad news for me, they were my best shooting team of the night. UT Arlington had only 18 points at halftime. So, yes, I played two teams with neither team getting to 20 points in the first half. That's not a good plan, by the way. They went three of 25 from beyond the arc. And get this, they hit only 10 of 56 shots for the entire game. That's a 17.9% shooting percentage at home on their own floor. That just doesn't happen. So my two teams combined to shoot six of 52 on threes. I lost both games by a mile, and I'm not happy about it. Now, to start the day, it was okay, and I got lucky probably on Penn State. They got down 22 to 6 for me. We played them at a plus 2. They battled back and actually had a shot to either tie it or win it in the closing seconds. And lucky for us, they didn't have enough time to foul. So we lose by two and get the push not only on our wager, but also on Twitter. Very fortunate there. Then our lone winner of the day, Charleston. It opened at plus four and a half. We played it at a plus four. They finished as the favorite and won outright. That's a good basketball team. They can score, folks. I need teams that can score, and Charleston is one of them. I don't think I'm going to get points with them at home the rest of the year, though, but I enjoyed the ride while I could anyway as we cash once again on Charleston. So we go one, two, and one in college basketball, and now we move on to the next, and we lead off in California. It is USC minus the two and a half at UCLA. So it's the battle for the victory bell. UCLA won last year at the Coliseum, 62 to 33, and helped put USC on notice that Chip Kelly had something brewing in UCLA country. So both teams can light up the scoreboard. USC is averaging 42.4 points per game. UCLA, 39.6. The Trojans gained 499 yards per game. The Bruins, 504. USC has won three straight after their lone loss at Utah. Meanwhile, UCLA is coming off that surprising and head-scratching loss to Arizona after losing earlier in the season at Oregon. The Bruins rank 69th in the nation on total defense. They rank 71st, giving up 26.4 points per game. And then the key number, 102nd against the pass. UCLA allowed the Arizona quarterback to toss for 315 yards last week. Meanwhile, the USC quarterback is even better. He's already thrown for 31 touchdowns this year, and he's averaging 301 yards per game in the air. And for good measure, he has six touchdowns on the ground as well. So I just can't trust that UCLA defense to stop anyone. 
Since they gave up 31 points to South Alabama early in the season, only Colorado and Stanford have failed to score at least 30 points against that D. I think USC gets 37-plus on Sunday. Lincoln Riley, by the way, in the big games, well, he was 5-1 and one against Oklahoma in the Red River Showdown. I think you'll be 1-0 for the victory bell after Saturday. So I'm on USC minus the 2.5 over UCLA. Next up, we head to Minneapolis. It is Minnesota minus 2.5 over Iowa. So my favorite pig. The Floyd of Rosedale is on the line between these bitter rivals. Iowa, don't talk to me about this. They've won seven straight over the Gophers. That's sad. That's depressing. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I actually stormed the field back in 2014 when the Gophers actually beat Iowa for the last time. That score was 51-14. to I remember that game fondly. This year, Minnesota 7-3, Iowa 6-4. The Gophers have won three straight games by 31-7-28. That dogfight was at Nebraska, where they only won by seven. Meanwhile, Iowa, they've won three straight as well. They've won by 20, 21, and 14. So both teams appear to be peaking at the right time. Iowa's defense is getting all the praise. They give up only 13.9 points per game, but Minnesota's actually better. They only give up 13.1 points per game. I guess that's why the total's only 32 and a half in this one. The difference should be on offense. Minnesota can run the football. Minnesota's averaging over 30 points per game, including last time out with a freshman quarterback. Iowa scored 24 points last week against Wisconsin, but they only had 146 yards of total offense. That just shouldn't happen. Old Keith Jackson would have loved this game. It's going to be a good old-fashioned slobber knocker in the Big Ten. I think PJ finally brings home the bacon. I'm on the Gophers, minus the two and a half over the Hawkeyes. Next up, we head back to the Pac-12. It is Stanford, plus the four and a half. At Cal, it's the big game. I, of course, know the big game for the play with the band on the field. And that old Cal announcer who called that is hanging up the mic after this season. What a great career and what a great call for him. On the field for these two teams, well, it's been bad, really bad. Both teams are three and seven. Stanford, one and seven in conference. Cal, one and six in conference. They still have UCLA to go after this one. Cal has lost six straight and they just fired their offensive coordinator and their offensive line coach. Stanford has lost three straight by, get this, 25, 38, and 35. Yeah, not very competitive. David Shaw was a hot commodity in his first eight years in Palo Alto. Now he's on the hot seat after his third losing season in four years. Both teams are averaging under 24 points per game. Both teams give up over 420 yards on defense. Cal's had the more competitive losses, but Stanford actually beat Notre Dame somehow. Not sure how, though, still. Two bad teams, a rivalry game. Grabbing four and a half seems like the right thing to do. So I'm on the Cardinal of Stanford, plus the four and a half at Cal. Next up, we wrap it up in the Pac-12. Yeah, odd card for me. Three games in the Pac-12. I rarely do that. It is Oregon State minus the seven at Arizona State. So since 1972, here's a fun fact for you. Arizona State is 19 and one at home against Oregon State. 19-1. and Oregon State held Cal to just 132 yards of total offense last week. That was the fewest allowed by the Beavers since 2007. The Sun Devil QB was injured last week in their loss to Washington State, but he is expected to return this week, but still could be limited. The Sun Devils have played better since they fired Herm Edwards, but they've still managed to lose back-to-back games by double digits, and they already lost to Stanford this season. That's also bad. Oregon State, 
could get caught looking ahead to Oregon, but with a 1-19 record at Arizona State, I don't think they'll be looking ahead too far. They'll be focused on the task at hand. So I'll lay the seven on the road with the Beavers at Arizona State. Next up, we got a college basketball, four games on the card for you, and we start with the Hall of Fame tip-off. It is in Connecticut. It is St. Louis minus the three over Maryland. So if you listen earlier this week, you know how much I love St. Louis. They scared me against Memphis, but they did get the job done. Next up is an opportunity to shine on the big stage against a team from the Big Ten. Maryland is 3-0 with nice, easy 22, 20, and 24-point victories. Kevin Willard and his Terps are projected to finish 10th in the Big Ten this year. He has some talent, but he did lose his top two players from a season ago. Meanwhile, St. Louis, well, they're the ninth most experienced team in all of college basketball. I don't think the new-look Terps will be ready for this type of matchup, so I'm going to lay the three with the Billikens, my Sweet 16 team, I believe. Yes, St. Louis minus the three against Maryland. Yeah, I don't count how many teams I have in the Sweet 16. It might be like 40 so far, but St. Louis is definitely one of them. I know that much. Next up on the card, it is Miami minus the two and a half over Providence. This is also in Connecticut at the Hall of Fame tip-off. So both teams here are also 3-0 on the season after eating cupcakes to open the year. Providence lost a ton of talent from last year. They're projected fifth in the Big East. Miami, meanwhile, projected fourth in the ACC. Ed Cooley at Providence, well, as an underdog, it's an always an attractive spot there. Plus, they should have the home crowd advantage being located just 60 miles away from the venue. Miami, though, has one of the best one-two punches in the country, thanks to the NIL process. Wong and Pack are coming off a combined two of 13 night with just nine points. That sounds like my team's on Friday night. But I expect those two players to rise to the level of competition on Saturday. Miami coach Jim Laranaga, he played at Providence. He's from the Bronx. He's ready for an old-fashioned Big East street fight tonight. I'm on the Canes of Miami, minus the two and a half over Providence. Next up, we head to the Mountain West. It is New Mexico, minus the six over New Mexico State. So this is game one of two this year between these two rivals. New Mexico State is projected second in the WAC, and I'm already on record that I love Richard Patino's team this year at New Mexico. The Lobos are coming off the big upset win at SMU by 21 points. Oh boy, what a showing that was. Meanwhile, the Aggies are coming off a tough three-point loss at UTEP. Both teams won on the road last year. I think this one flips back to normal this year. Hopefully, we don't need a late foul game. I think the Lobos team should be good enough to win by double digits this time around at home. I'll take New Mexico minus the six in the pit over the Aggies. Then the final game on the card for you, we got to play at least one dog, right? It is Detroit Mercy plus the 12 at Florida Atlantic. So this is the Paradise Invitational in Boca on the home floor of the Florida Atlantic Owls. FAU is projected fifth in Conference USA. Meanwhile, Detroit is projected sixth in the Horizon League. The Owls are 3-1 and one on the year. Their lone loss was at Old Miss by 13. And their marquee win this week, well, they got a power five win. They beat Florida by two. That was a big win for them. Meanwhile, Detroit Mercy is 2-1. and one. They lost to Boston College by just four. And they beat Ohio by 14 last time out. So they're overachieving as well. Anton Davis for Detroit, well, he'll probably be the best player on the floor. He's averaging over 20 points again this year. That would be the fifth consecutive season for him to go over 20 points per game. FAU is up-tempo. They're experienced, but with Davis on the Detroit side, I'm grabbing the 12 with the Titans of Detroit Mercy 
at Florida Atlantic. So let's recap your card for a Saturday in college football. We're on USC minus the two and a half at UCLA. I'm on Minnesota. Yes. So Sky Yuma Gophers minus the two and a half over Iowa. We're on Stanford plus the four and a half at California. We're on Oregon State minus the seven at Arizona State. In college basketball, my Sweet 16 team, St. Louis, the Billikens, minus the three over Maryland. I'm on Miami, minus the two and a half over Providence. I'm on New Mexico, minus the six over New Mexico State. And I'm on Detroit Mercy, plus the 12 at Florida Atlantic. So that's your card for Saturday. As always, manage that bankroll. Don't chase money. Have fun, and let's cash some tickets together. Good luck, everyone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.